This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emily Reddington, and you're listening to episode 11. Friendship is an essential piece of how we were made to live with others and experience love and belonging. But have you ever found yourself stuck in a pattern that you know is unhealthy in a friendship? Or have you been blindsided by a friend and felt incredibly hurt? Friendship can be painful and hard, but being a friend is definitely one of my most cherished roles. Today on the podcast, we're talking to Kristen KB Newton. KB has a passion for community, friendship, and strengthening our connections with those around us. She is a speaker, a vlogger, coach, entrepreneur, wife, and mother. She has created a platform called Heart Combos to help encourage millennial women navigate unhealthy friendships so they feel equipped to make, maintain, and mend friendships intentionally. Community is something that we're really passionate about here at Illuminate. And KB has created something that we can all use to grow closer to others by taking her tools and using them to become more comfortable with showing our true selves to others and allowing our friends to walk deeper into our stories and our lives. Creating and maintaining friendships is hard, brave work, but KB is here to help. KB has a very thoughtful, straightforward way of approaching friendship, and I learned from her during this conversation. I really hope you learn as well and enjoy getting to know KB. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. Kristen, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So could you introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, just tell us what you're working on right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, So my name is Kristen, um, affectionately known as KB. Um, It's a nickname I picked up in college that never kind of went away. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, you can call me KB. I have started a platform uh, maybe a couple of years ago called Heart Convos, where I help millennial women navigate unhealthy friendships. I'm super passionate about community and seeing women thrive in their friendships with one another. So that's a little bit about me without kind of diving too far ahead. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about Heart Convos and how you got there. What led you to be in a place where you wanted to start that platform? Sure. Um, Well, for a very, very long time, I was what I like to call a a trash friend. (laughs) It's a a term that I use very loosely. Um, It simply just means that I was a toxic friend. Um, And so I had, I had, a lot of trouble with relationships and connecting. Um, my self-awareness was very, very low. Um, yeah, I just remember thinking, you know, in college, post-college, I wasn't really aware of how I was showing up in the world. I was just kind of figuring it out as I go. And mm-hmm. my personality is pretty, pretty strong, pretty aggressive. I, I mean, I think if you test me on any of the tests, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I am a type Type A personality, an ENTJ on the Myers Briggs, an eight on the Enneagram, just mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So, um, so as you can imagine, just you know, me fifteen years younger, no self awareness, I was steamrolling over people and not really aware of other people's uh, 
feelings and all that kind of stuff. So I just say all that to say um, relationships did not come very easy to me. And uh, I found myself in connections with people that damaged a lot of a lot of others. Um, And so um, I kind of moved on. I didn't really take the time to deal with it until about 2007. In 2007, I was plugged into a um, Christian camp. uh, And at that camp, my life was pretty much just, you know, radically changed. Um, Mm. And so I didn't expect what happened at the camp (laughs) within those two months to happen. But um, I walked away from that experience feeling like, man, every relate, like we're meant for deep, meaningful connections, not just like, you know, with God or anything, but like with people, you know, Mm -hmm. and those should be healthy and life giving. And so, yeah, I just started being intentional about the relationships I was building. And at the time I wasn't dating, wasn't married. And so my friendships were really the area where I started to kind of practice what I wanted to see in my relationships. And so that's kind of how I got, I got into heart combos. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will ask me, Oh, were you hurt by like a ton of people? And I was like, no, I kind of did all the hurting. So everything I'm talking about, (laughs) everything I'm talking about is really from a don't do what I did rather than, you know, pointing the finger at other people. It's very much self, self telling, you know, kind of platform on my page. Did you feel like that? I know you mentioned that it is just in your personality to kind of steamroll over things or just move ahead and really maybe not look around too much. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like, there were things growing up that contributed contributed to that or yeah feel for like sure that? okay yeah for sure I'm a military brat so okay. I'm not going to to say all of it has to do with just one particular thing but I do know that moving a lot um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. really kind of impacted how I see the world and how I see transition and seasons of my life um, and then also, you know, my biological father, he, he left before my mom actually gave birth to me. Okay. And so I think there was a little bit of, of abandonment, you know, kind mm-hmm. of baggage there. Um, this idea that like, Hey, people, they either choose to say, or they choose to go. And then mm-hmm. coupled with, she ended up marrying a man that was in the military. Good man. Um, I love him and he's been a great father. Um, but we just, we were planted and then you kind of get up and you just relocate mm-hmm. and then you do it all again. And you relocate. I tell people sometimes it's like prison because you because <laughs> you meet people and you're like, hey, like how long do you have? <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> Before you're out, um, right? Gotta, you know. And so even in school, like people would be in class and then they wouldn't be in class just because you know the timing for every family is different. And so mm-hmm. um, I just saw people come and go and just thought that that was how life worked in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah, I can see how that would affect how you view the length or the depth of relationships or the meaning behind them either as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I used to really downplay, like if, if a relationship was transitioning, it was like, Oh, well, I guess this just means that it's time for us to move on, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, or, Oh, it's not working. All right. Well, just move on, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so, um, loyalty and commitment and attachment, you know, all those things were, were really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also had this underlying belief that, I didn't believe that I would, that people would want me really, you mm-hmm. know, like that I would be too much for people. I mean, those are the narratives that I heard mm-hmm. a lot, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of personality too much, like dumb it down, calm it down, you know, like tone it down. Mm-hmm. And so I think that all kind of fed into the, you know, the, the seed that was planted, you know, at a very early age, you know, feeling like my dad didn't, didn't want me enough to stay, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. before he got here. 
So, so I think that, yeah, there's, there's tons of layers and listen, I go to, I go to therapy every Monday faithfully. Nice. <laughs> so, so I, you know, talking through it, you just kind of see like, man, everything really does impact everything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I can see how that would lead you to tough conversations. And I'm just so happy that you are tough relationships. Um, happy that you had that impactful camp. And I mean, can you speak to what about the camp or about the people that interacted with you at the camp? Uh, what was impactful about that? Like what specifically was the catalyst or the, um, qualities of the person that was the catalyst? Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, the camp's called Summer's Best Two Weeks City Kids. It is the um, it is an initiative, I guess, for uh, kids that are in like urban areas to come to this space and really kind of meet Jesus in the context of sports and competition. And so okay. I don't even know how I got there. Again, I've never played an organized sport in my life. So I always think <laughs> back to like, how did you hire to work at this sports camp? Um, right. Even with what I do now, you know, as the, with the Pacers, like I'm like, I've been working for the NBA for six years and I've never played basketball. So I, it just, it's always just funny how I get put in random, random places. Um, right. But, but at this, in this space, the camp director, Tomathias and his wife, Kendra, they, they're just probably some of the most authentic, like real, like just people I've ever met in my life. And uh, they have a policy. Um, so there are two stories I'll tell you. One, just at the very end of my time there, I remember standing on a hill talking to, to Matthias. And um, he was explaining to me that when they're selecting people to come to camp, they look through three lenses. And sometimes it's, hey, camp would be good for this person, right? Like, mm-hmm. so we're going to them, or they would be good for camp, right? They're bringing you know a lot to the table, so they would be good for camp, or or a combination of both. He tells me, you know, even to this day, it's been since 2007, and we're we're still very very close. He's like, I just always believed that camp was going to be really good for you, but that you too would be good for camp. And so I actually ended up coming on staff and working for camp um, the next three years after my first year there. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- but I remember walking away from that experience feeling like I had contributed something, but really that camp had like changed my life. But I think the catalyst at camp that changed my life is a story that I tell um, often about morning hugs. So mm-hmm. when I first got to camp, you know, there's training the first few days, but once camp actually starts, Every morning, the male staff and the female staff, they kind of do like a huddle, like before the day starts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a little power, like, hey, we got this. You know, we're about to, <laughs> we're about to run into, like run head to head, you know, like with these with these kids and like yeah. do life. Um, and so they encourage everyone to give like a morning hug. So that's fine and all, but you have to hug every single like female staff. And so <laughs> like 20 some odd people. And so that's a lot of well, hugs. At the time, that's a lot of hugs, mm-hmm. even for a hugger. Like, and I wasn't a hugger, so it was a like I was like, this, this is this is too much. Um, and so it was very awkward the first, uh, I don't know, a few weeks probably. Um, just like, oh, okay, I have to hug every single person here, mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. like you know the the church pet hugs. Like they're like full frontal <laughs> arms around. Like I'm not seeing you. I've known you my whole life, and I haven't seen you. Like they're like embraces, right? <laughs> And um, when I when I really got the chance to like debrief why that part of the day was so uncomfortable to me, it really came down to the fact that um, I felt like 
hugs made me feel vulnerable um, mm-hmm. because I felt like I had to completely open myself up and expose myself physically to hug someone. But mm-hmm. I didn't just believe this about hugs. I believe this about like life and people that, you know, if I walked around completely exposed and open and transparent, like that I would be like taken advantage of, I would be abandoned, I would be rejected. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'm not, not really here for this. So, hmm. um, <laughs> so although yeah. it was kind of like a, a team building kind of camaraderie type thing in this camp, that one particular thing that I had to do every day for two months really exposed a lot of the fear that I had kind of about people in life, you know, kind of in my heart. And uh, by the end of that two months, I had kind of just let go and embrace the fact that in order for me to really get the most out of what morning hugs should be, I have to just I have to just do it. And I think that's true in our relationships as well. Like in order to get the most out of our relationships, we have to be completely vulnerable. But Mm -hmm. if we're completely vulnerable, we also are the most susceptible to being hurt. And so it's like a, you know, the equation is the same for both. (laughs) Man, I want closeness and deep, meaningful connection with people. But that means we're gonna have to be vulnerable. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be hurt. And I'm like, well, it it kind of comes with being vulnerable. (laughs) Right. For sure. You You miss it. It's both. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. Awesome. And so can you talk about heart combos? Talk about uh, what I think heart is an acronym, correct? Yes. And talk about what it means and what you're doing with it. Sure. Um, So yes, heart combos. uh, Well, heart is an acronym. It stands for honesty, authentic. uh, I'm sorry, honesty, uh, elephant size, authentic, real, transparent conversation. So combos is just short for conversation. And um, yeah, I believe that those five things have to be present in any conversation for the conversation to um, push push things forward, um, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I do believe people are having conversations every day, all day, but sometimes they don't encompass these five things and they're just kind of surface level conversations that don't really move the, 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 the needle forward or back, you know, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, and so when it comes to relationships and connecting and working through hard things, like I really believe that, Hey, if you can try to identify like one or or a few of these things in your conversations, you'll really see, you know, the conversation being more productive than maybe what you're used to. And so, um, people usually ask though, what the E is like, what does elephant size mean? And so, um, (laughs) so honest is pretty much self-explanatory. It's just, you know, practice the art of telling the truth when it's probably a lot easier not to, Mm -hmm. um, Elephant size has more to do with either addressing the elephant in the room of a relationship or or addressing elephant size issues in your life. So a lot of times um, there's stuff going on in relationship dynamics that nobody wants to talk about. But we're both we both know that this is a thing. Um, So I'm I'm often encouraging people like talk about that stuff Um, or like for me just now when we the way we started off this conversation, you were like, hey, what really kind of led to this? I addressed to me, an elephant size issue in my life. And that is like the abandonment of, you know, issues with my dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. seeing the baggage that comes with being a military brat. So mm-hmm. that's like elephant size issue, the opportunity to really go there in a conversation, you know, and, mm-hmm. and talk about something that's weighty in your life. Um, authentic has more to do with like showing up as your most authentic self, not resisting the the pressure to be who you think the person wants you to be in the connection mm-hmm. and really just be who you are. Um, real has more to do with addressing real issues in, in real time. Sometimes we um, will go, we'll have, we'll have an encounter with somebody, but not address it as it happens. Like we just kind of sit 
in it. We push it down. We muffle it. We hold it for months, years, whatever. Um, and we're not really taking the time. Like, like, let's, this is a real issue right now. Let's like, let's address it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the T is for transparent and that's really allowing people to see through to the things that, um, they wouldn't see otherwise unless you show, you expose them. So that's what the acronym stands for. It's a weighty acronym. And, um, I kind of have coined this term that it's not a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation. A lot of times people are like, man, it's just hard. I can't, I can't talk about it. It's just, it's going to be a hard thing to talk about. I'm like, yes, I'm not saying it isn't hard, but if you, if we could kind of change the perception of the conversation from hard to heart, like it's something that, you know what I'm saying? Like my heart has to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like engage, then I think it, um, it helps us see past the discomfort of what, of what seems to be difficult. So that's what, that's what the acronym stands for. That's where, what heart combos kind of, kind of means when you unpack it. Awesome. I mean, I think you're serving a really unique purpose. You know, you're not a counselor, like you're not qual- like a, you know, actual nope, counselor, right. Um, nope. but you are a mentor and, uh, you're mentoring in a specific way. And I mean, where was the actual place where you decided to create this actual heart, um, acronym and, where you found that purpose of, you know, I think, I think this is where I'm going to step out and do this. I mean, it's a brave thing to do. And I think it's a creative, a very creative, brave thing to do. And I'm just curious about where that came from specifically in those moments. Yeah. Um, I was, so I've been in the entertainment industry the last 10 years, uh, mainly as a DJ. And so, um, in here in Indianapolis, like my claim to fame is that I am an official DJ for the Indiana Pacers. And so I've been doing that for the last uh, six seasons with the exception of last year. And so um, I had gotten to this place where I just felt like, man, I'm not I'm not as excited to go to work anymore. Um, I was a new mom. I had been married five years. We had our daughter. Um, she's now almost three. And so um she had traveled with me her whole first year of life, super heavy. And I was like, I really feel like I'm missing out on seeing Mike become a dad. And uh, I don't want to miss out on those things. And so what would it look like for me to, to, to stop DJing, you know, and to Mm -hmm. do something else. Mm -hmm. So I think process of thinking about what could I, what can I do? I've been doing this for the last decade. Like what, what can I do? And I, I just literally woke up one day and was like, I want to create, an online course for millennial women teaching them how to navigate unhealthy friendships. Like it's, it's weird, but it literally came to me that clear. Hmm. Um, and at the time I was like, I don't really know what that means, but I'm super passionate about people and mm-hmm. women and in mentoring and discipleship. And so it's something I've been doing since college, you know, like really investing into someone else who just wants to learn a little bit that I know. Right. And so right. I am like, what if, what if I, you know, like just could create a resource. And at the time I thought it was literally just going to be like some videos, like in a course format and, you know, you just kind of sell it and, you know, keep it moving. And, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of grew into, into something else. So it went from, I'm going to create like a little six week course to, Oh, I've got this 14 day friendship challenge. Oh, like I'm going to start vlogging. Like, Oh, like I could do a podcast. Like, Oh, there's a book here. Uh, Oh, there are two books here. Like it just continued to like, grow and morph. And even now, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's so many conversations just happening around curriculums, schools. Like I spoke at a school this week, they were like, oh my gosh, we want you to do this for high schoolers. Um, and right. my content is really like post-college, like focused. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's targeting 
kind of that post-college upper thirties kind of window, that window of like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be adulting for the first time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Re- um, I'm trying to navigate like what it looks like to build a tribe outside of school or outside of this like structured setting I've been in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to connect and build relationships on a deep level, like outside of my coworkers, you know, like, like what is, that's kind of the, the goal. So yeah, curriculums and, and visual elements. I really would love to create like a YouTube series, like a visual YouTube series that takes, like imagine what I have on Instagram and that all kind of being sketched out in like these mm-hmm. like short mini vignettes of, of some sort, you know, where people can like see what I'm saying. Right. And then we can each kind of have the conversation around what happened with the characters. So there, yeah, there's just so, oh, there's like so that. much, um, there's so much happening and moving behind the scenes, but that's kind of where it came. It came in a season where I was just kind of discontent with what I was doing and really kind of made space mm-hmm. to ask questions about, Hey, what am I, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? And I, and I love to talk. <laughs> so, um, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Awesome. Well, I have a bunch of questions to ask you, so yeah, let's-, let's just dive in. You good with that? Yeah. Let's okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to be asking them from me, but they're, just, you know, general, but they're, I'm, I'm asking them for myself. Okay. Um, so this one is actually totally for me. Uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> as a young mom, I really needed community. I have three kids. They're uh, eight, six, and three. And you are super. <laughs> listen, you have more than one? You went I have back. Three, I have three boys. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. <laughs> they're busy. But I, I found that as a new mom, it actually was really easy for me to make friends. I felt like I, I stayed home. Well, I, I'm a nurse as well. I worked for a little while um, when my kids were younger in the NICU. Um, and then I stayed home for a little while, went back for a little while. Now I'm back home. But I just found it easy in that phase because there was a lot of shared life stage stuff. You know, you, every, you have young kids. It, it takes up so much of your life that pretty easy to relate to another mom that has young kids, or at least for me it was. But now my kids are a little bit older and uh, I've just found that friendship outside of the baby years are actually a little bit harder for me to navigate because there's more differences like in our lifestyles, our life goals, our schedules may have changed. Like some of the women may have continued to work in the home. Some have taken side jobs. Some have gone back to work full time or part time. And I feel like I've just seen it take a toll on my relationships because there isn't such a common central focus. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, my question is how do you suggest we navigate friendships through expected and unexpected phases in life? Well, let me just normalize the situation in the sense that most people try to build connections with people based on what they have in common. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is, it, it is perfectly normal for you to be like, Oh, you have young kids. I have young kids. Like we're connecting on this level. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the difficulty about that is again, when the phase of life changes, how do you maintain that friendship? And that's something that a lot of people are trying to figure out. They're like, Hey, we grew up together, but we went to different colleges. How do we stay connected? Or we were really close friends in college. We all got, you know, put into different cities. Like now what, you know, Mm -hmm. we were all really, really close single, but then someone got married and now we don't, share the same common, you know, like (laughs) ground, you know, like with, with that. And so I think it's a, it's a common question. It's a, it's a common pattern that I see. Um, what, what I think is 
if the relationship is only built on what you have in common, uh, then there's a there's a level of depth that might be missing that would help sustain the connection. So what I mean by that is um, th- th- when I when I think about um, the the one of the the points that I make in, in this TED talk that I gave recently, like one of the the points is um, they won't go deep. And so it's this idea that sometimes people are just kind of connecting on the surface, and sometimes our common ground is just the surface. So mm-hmm. hey, we're just talking about the thing that we have in common. So we're just talking about our kids or just the difficulty of being a mom, but that never really like goes beyond like that honesty. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like to the, the areas of like openness, transparency, and then ultimately vulnerability. If you, if I meet somebody and we have common ground um, from like maybe working at that camp, but we also shared very vulnerable things with one another, then we have, we have something to go back to now that we're not at camp anymore. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would just encourage people when when they're in that space, like to to really think, hey, in those connections, were there were there any connections that I felt like I made a deeper connection with a person beyond just the fact that we had small kids? And if so, um, reaching out, communicating that to them, like, hey, like I really uh, I really felt like like there was an op- like a connection, and there's an opportunity for us to continue to build. Would you would you want to make that a priority? And mm-hmm. um, and that might not be as frequent as it was, like maybe if you guys were meeting around play days or whatever, but it's, right. it's still an opportunity to be intentional and to connect when you can. And um, I have a group of women, like uh, a married women's group, um, and we are all, I mean, we're all in completely different life stages. Between the two, the, the six of us, there are 12 kids and they're all different ages. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just the whole thing. But what we do, we have a Marco Polo group. So we Marco almost every day, like you just talking about life and what's going on. But we try to put it on the calendar to hang out at least once a month. Like mm-hmm. things like, hey, the six of us, we're going to get up. And in that time, there's no agenda. It's like, hey, sometimes we've done like studies and things like that. But for the most part, it's like, let's get up and talk about what what's going on in life. One girl just had a baby. So, you mm-hmm. know, we had to take the, we take a break when somebody just gives birth. Right, right, right. right. But then, even still on the Marco, we're like, all right, when can we get together? I need to see y'all. Like, you know, because there's a, there's a, a connection that's been made there. And we're like, Hey, we want to, we want to make this a, this a priority. And so, yeah, I, I love that. that. I, yeah. I don't know if that's helpful. No, it is. <laughs> I, I love what I'm hearing is that it involves uh, two things like creativity in um, changing the way that maybe you normally hung out, right? Maybe it was playdates, but now it's Marco Polo and on the calendar and that's okay. Like you're going to have to change the way you hang out because it it just won't happen otherwise. Absolutely. And that's a great point that you, I mean, even pulling out just those two main things, because one of the things that I encourage people to do when it comes to their friendships is to learn how to recycle them. Sometimes people think, oh, the friendship isn't what it was. So now it has to be removed, like, or mm-hmm. now I have to throw it away. I have to move on from it. And I'm, a, and I'm very familiar with that thinking. <laughs> but what I've tried to embrace is decided, like, how can I maybe repurpose this, this relationship or restructure it or even rename it? Sometimes mm-hmm. just calling it something different gives people the freedom to think differently about it. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yes, I think trying to repurpose, repurpose it and see like, Hey, we're not connecting on this level anymore, but there's an opportunity for us to connect and be intentional in this way over here. Let's have that conversation and see if the interest is mutual. Yeah. Why is that conversation so hard? I mean, it really, it's really so hard. Cause you feel like, do they feel like I feel, am I making this up? Like, 
Yeah, no, that's you know? a real thing. And it and yeah, it it it's perfectly normal. I mean, it requires you to to express uh to express desire. It ex- it it requires you to express a need that you feel like can be met by them. So you're really asking them like, "Hey, there's a desire to to hang with you and a need that I have for community and connection and I I would love for you to to meet that, like to, you know, want to meet that need and to, and to mutually, you know, benefit from meeting that need. Um, but it does require some exposing, you right, know, of, sure. of, <laughs> of that. And we don't want to seem, people don't want to seem needy. I don't want to seem needy. I don't want to be a burden. Right. I don't like, I don't want to. And, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things like, well, I don't know if you're needy or that, you know, you're being a burden as much as this is just how we've been des- wired. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to, to enjoy one another and people and to be filled. And, you know, it takes, it takes, you know, more than just going to coffee or talking about our favorite show or, you know, what's the latest thing that you're doing with your kid, you know, for nursing or whatever. Like it takes more than that, you know? And so I would just encourage you to remember that we all need it. And so you're not the only one you're, you're very, you're very much so normal to have a desire to, to build on a deep level. Nice. Tell me about, tell me more about trash friends, your phrase. And, you know, how do I know if I have them, if I am one and what I should do about that? Um, yep. Trash friends. Um, again, they're just, it's another way of saying like toxic friendships. And so I have a book that's coming out called nine ways to tell if your friends are trash. I just nice. did a TEDx talk on the, on the topic and it's really just a practical guide to identifying toxic habits in your friendships. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, I don't know that the goal is to go around like labeling people as trash friends as much as it is kind of a self-reflective, like, Oh, do I, do I have people in my life like this or, or am I this type of person? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that that's kind of the, the the term came up in a conversation with a girl that I mentor. She would something would happen between her and her friends, and she would be like, "So trash." And I'm like, "What's trash?" And she was like, "What they did." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh." <laughs> so I was like, yeah. "So you just trash friends?" And she was like, "Yeah." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it she just it was just a term she kept saying, and so um, I was like, "Man, we just need to figure out how to identify if people are trash, and not so much the people, but really if their actions are." Their thought right. processes are, you know, like toxic, unhealthy, not productive. Mm-hmm. And so in the list that I have, um, again, all things that I have, I'm very well acquainted with because I've done them all. Um, <laughs> uh, nine are this. So one, the relationship is one sided. Two, uh, they do not respect your boundaries. Three, uh, they're not supportive. Four, uh, they treat other people poorly. Five, they don't fight for you or with you. Six. You are not a priority. Seven, they won't go deep. Eight, they are abusive. And nine, their character sucks. <laughs> uh, and so within those nine, I kind of just tell several stories and give some practical list. Like, hey, if this is happening in the friendship, these things might be present or these things might be happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and in the goal for it is not for people to get to the end of li- the list and think, oh my gosh, everybody, I'm cutting everybody out. Like, that's not the goal. Like, the right. list is just um, a tool. The term is really just a tool to help people um, really, again, just identify like what is going well or not going well in the context of my relationships and how do I identify that stuff? And once it's been identified, like, what do I do then? And, and that leads into the second book, which is the challenge to recycle. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Yeah, so, awesome. So are you currently writing 
the challenge to recycle or have you written both of them already? Uh, no. So, so nine ways to tell if your friend is trash is, is still in the works. It okay. was, it started off as a very flimsy, almost like pamphlet of a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then over the last year, it's been growing like more and more into just a collection of stories and um, like lists and more just context around um, kind of what I had. And I've, I've kind of recruited some, some people to help me in that process. Cause I don't, I don't really think I'm a writer. I love to communicate like verbally, mm-hmm. but I sit down to write and I can't form a sentence. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so wow. yeah, that book is still a work in progress. Awesome. Um, okay. What's the difference between being honest and being vulnerable? I think that this could be really important. Oh yeah. Um, Okay. The easiest way for me to break it down uh, is to think of it in this way. So um, there are four levels of connecting. I think there are honesty, there's honesty, openness, transparency, and vulnerability. And so I always tell this, uh, explain this in this analogy with a home. So if someone says, um, hey, what, uh, can I come to your home? And you say, yes. They're like, what's your address? You give them your address. You are being honest. You are giving them truth, fact, right? About mm-hmm. where you live and, and how they can get there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they then say like, oh, I'm here. Can I come in? That's you being open. So you have not only given them information about what you have going on, like about your situation, but now you're welcoming them into the situation, if that makes um, on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're in your home and, you, and they're like, oh, can I have a tour? Or you're like, hey, let me give you a tour. So now you're being transparent because you're walking them through each room. So, hey, this is the living room. This is the guest bathroom, our laundry room, our mud room, whatever, um, you know, kitchen, upstairs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be vulnerable, you're going to show them your bathroom, your, your particular bathroom, <laughs> show them your closet, right? The, the room yeah. that you, you don't typically straighten up, right? When right. company comes over because you're like, they're not actually going to be in this part of my house. Right. So I don't have to try to like make it look good. Right. It just is what it is. Right. Um, but if someone were to ask like, Hey, can I see that part of your house? There's a moment of truth right there. Cause you're like, well, if my house is undone, right. Right. Showing you this room gives you an opportunity to, to maybe judge me or hurt me or have an opinion about me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, and that's really what vulnerability is. Like the root word for vulnerability is vulnar, which means to wound. And so when people are trying to just on a practical level, trying to figure out what, what is the difference between me and me being honest and me being vulnerable. If you've not shared anything that allows the person to wound you as a result of knowing it, it's not vulnerability. You know know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, just practically speaking, like, Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Like, okay. Like how was your day? Oh, it was busy. So now we've moved from honest to open. Right. Mm-hmm. I said it was good. That was honest. Uh, how was your day? Uh, it was busy. Right. That's, that's being open. Uh, if you be transparent, it's like, um, I'm feeling a little stressed about the day actually. Like I just had so much going on. I was frazzled all day and it just, it just wasn't, it just, I've just been all felt all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you're going to be vulnerable, then you kind of get beneath the surface of all that. And you're like, well, and really, I've, I've had three drinks today because when I get so overwhelmed and anxious, the only thing that I feel like can calm me down is like having a drink. But I've been trying not to drink because mm-hmm. I know when I drink too much, it, then I get into this place. And then my so now you're like exposing mm. like things that are like beyond the surface. I just asked you how your day was. <laughs> you go to right, exactly. But you, 
but you could give people one or two answers. You can be honest and like, oh, my day was fine because it, it was fine. Right? right. Like in the grand scheme of things, it was fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but but I think when people take the opportunity to be honest, I mean, to, to go beyond honesty and and get into that vulnerability piece, they're really allowing people to see like them, you know, the inside of who they are um, and really what what makes up their experiences on a day to day basis, how they feel about that stuff, you know, and we get to go deep. So that's the that's the analogy usually that I use the house analogy. Like if you're showing mm-hmm. people the closet that's that's got the stuff all over the floor that, you know, like and it's everywhere like that. That's true vulnerability right there. <laughs> yes, it sure is. Okay, so how can I deal with my baggage in relationships? We all are bringing stuff in. I mean, you know, we all have the tendency to just kind of maybe just hide it, just put it in the closet and hope it's no one sees it, right? That's, you know, how do I how do I deal with it? And so that the relationship can be deeper. I think self self awareness is first is the first thing. Um, you you've got to be aware that you've got baggage. If you don't think you have any baggage, then we can't have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You come to the point at some like if you've come to a place in life where you realize like I really do have an issue with this, or I really do struggle with this. Like I've got abandonment issues. I I've got trust issues. I've got commitment issues. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I am the insecure in this area. Whatever it is for you, I think acknowledging that it exists is always the first step. So. Um, so I would say growing in your self-awareness, like trying to grow in your self-awareness, practical ways you can do that um, is spend time with your, you know, spend time with yourself. <laughs> and that, you know, usually requires you getting, getting quiet, getting still, journaling, allow, you know, asking yourself um, questions like, how do I feel about this? Um, being in the habit of debriefing things. But then you can always ask the people around you that are closest to you. <laughs> uh, some of them might be waiting for an opportunity to tell you. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, you can really just ask like, hey, w- um, I'm really trying to grow my self-awareness. Is there anything in my life that you feel like I need to work on? Mm-hmm. Or is there anything in my life that you feel like is just toxic or unhealthy in our relationship dynamic? Um, or is there something that I have a habit of doing that doesn't make you feel loved, you know? And I mean, again, those are heavy questions and that's diving into the deep end. So I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you have to start here. Listen, I I just tell people to be practice honesty, right? That's just giving people your address. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I'm not, I'm not saying that, that you have to dive all the way into that, into that space. I think there can be progression, but when somebody asks me like, Hey, how can I start dealing with my, I always just say self-awareness. And then from there, um, yeah, practicing honesty, you know, with yourself and with others. And then, you know, going into that openness and, Mm -hmm. uh, transparency and then ultimately, you know, choosing vulnerability. Nice. Okay. So on the spectrum of no new friends and give me all the friends, I'm usually in the give me all the friends end. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But I mean, as I've gotten older, I've had to realize like, I don't, I, I don't have unlimited space for everyone. I wish I did. And I still try to make it happen, but I have to pour into my kids and my husband yep. and myself too, um, yep. that sadly leaves less time for friends, but mm-hmm. I want to be a quality friend. So how do you suggest like navigating, making space for people while also leaving space for yourself and your family who you love? Yeah. Um, the <laughs> great question. Um, again, I swing all the way to the, give me all the friends. Mm-hmm. I am high extrovert on mm-hmm. every measuring stick. So yeah, I, 
I'm always like, yeah, the more the better. Um, <laughs> and so, but yes, I have also come face to face with the fact that one, I don't have the capacity um, in the same way that I have before. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what has been helpful for me to really embrace that reality is to re- is to also re- recognize that every relationship dynamic I have doesn't have to be the same. And so what I'm trying to do is just acknowledge that there are tears in this friendship world. Whereas at one point in my journey, like I felt like you're either my friend because you're my inner circle and we go deep and we go there and you know everything about my life. And that's really why you're my friend. Um, and everybody else is just kind of, you know, there mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that it's gone from that to to now. I do have friendship tears where I would say I I do have an inner circle of people that are, you know, about three, three or three or four people, maybe that know like the inner workings of me, you know, alongside mm-hmm. my husband. But then outside of that circle are people that I, I feel like I can be very like I can be transparent and vulnerable with, um, you know, without issue, because not only do we have things in common, but we also have the same, um, value system and, and perspective about life, right? Mm-hmm. Like our worldview or whatever. So it makes it easy for us to, to go beyond the surface, mm-hmm. but people outside of that, like, Oh, we have things in common, but maybe we don't share the same values or, per, you know, worldview or whatever. And so mm-hmm. limits, it limits how much we can connect, but we still can connect. We still can have a good time. We can be connected through the things that we have in common. Um, I can still enjoy your company. And then right. there are people, I think on the furthest tier. So there are four. And on this furthest tier, I think, um, it, I, there's an aspect of, uh, being a good neighbor that I just really, really value. So mm-hmm. in my mind, like, that's why I don't, people will be, always say like, oh, KB doesn't know a stranger. Like I meet you and I'm like, oh, there's a genuine connection here and we have an opportunity to enjoy the moment that's been given to us, but we might not ever reconnect. But in that, but I'll say, I would say because of the moment that we shared, like, oh, that it was a friendly moment. Like I've shown myself friendly to you. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now for some personalities, they're like, no, nope, I call those people associates. No, I call like, it just depends on, on who you are, how you're wired. But because I have those tears now, when I meet people, I feel less pressure to make everybody my close, deep friend, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I, and I give myself permission to enjoy whatever the moment is when it is. And if it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, it doesn't, there's like no expectation. Um, because I, I kind of have, um, those other areas of my life, you know, kind of filled, like, if that makes any sense, like I have women that I'm connecting with who are married. I have women that I'm like my peer to peers is good. Like I have women mm-hmm. that I invest in my, my um, mentee, like lower level or lower layer is what I call it. And then I have older women that I'm connecting with as well, who are investing into me and, mm-hmm. you know, um, having all of these kind of systems and structures in my life help me to process like the engagement that I have with people um, mm-hmm. it, without feeling the pressure of saying like, I have no more space for friends because sometimes you really don't have more space, you know, space for friends. But then it's like you do have space for connecting with people, just maybe not in the same way you're connecting with the people currently in your life. So release yourself of that pressure to have to connect with everybody on a deep level. And right. if somebody says, do you want to get coffee? Just get coffee. That's just 30 right. minutes. Right. You're just being, I mean, being friendly. There's nothing wrong with just, just be friendly. And if yeah. it turns into a lifelong connection, great. Right. But if it doesn't, you know, you've not, there's no disappointment. You get what I mean? Like, right. You know, enjoyed that moment together. And that could have been a moment that you needed in that, in that season of life. So, so that's kind of my, my MO, but not everybody is, is wired that way. So mm-hmm. knowing yourself, knowing what you have the capacity for, if the idea of getting coffee with another person for 30 minutes stresses you out, then don't, you know, then don't do <laughs> right, it. Right, right, right. There's no judgment. Right. <laughs> There's no judgment. 
Okay. So, you know, I feel like I just got a free coaching session. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But you are really doing that. So that's awesome. You know, what led to that? I mean, it seems like a natural progression of something that, you know, would go along with this, but you know, that's brave to step out there and say, you know what? I am, I'm, I feel like qualified to be a mentor or a coach. Sure. Yeah. Listen, it, it wasn't a plan. No, (laughs) it wasn't part of the plan. Um, just kind of like everything else with hard combos at this point. Um, but what I noticed is my DMS are full of Mm -hmm. like at one point, and I don't know if you noticed or not know this or not, but in your DMS on Instagram, if you have more than 99, it doesn't even go above 99. Yeah. No, I don't know that. Don't know that. (laughs) it It just stays at 99. And I literally was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, people were, if you, you know, if right. you're not friends with them, like they're reaching out and then it goes into this little like inbox, so to speak. And you okay. have to go in and accept people and say, you know, like, oh, okay, I want to see this post or see what you said or whatever. Right. But people started leaving like paragraphs on Instagram, like, <laughs> you know, um, like give, trying to give me as much context for their life as possible. Right. So they could ask their question yeah. and get get, you know, an answer. And for the longest time, like really for the last six months or so, I've just been working through those lists and trying to connect with people. And I'll say, sorry, it took me so long Mm -hmm. to get to you, you know, um, people who are at like the very bottom of that list. Um, but, but what I've noticed is that I think there's a little bit of a, of a desire, you know, for people to get specific encouragement about their specific situation. And when it comes to coaching, I think the difference between being a licensed clinician or a counselor, like I'm not trying to diagnose, right? right like right, I'm, not, right. I'm not giving coping strategies. Like that's, that's therapy. Like there's no emotional, like, like uh diagnosis or, you know, we're not working through disease. Like it's not that coaching is more about me asking a whole lot of questions, right. Um, to the person to kind of see really what goals that they have for themselves, right? You know, like, where is it that you want to be in your friendship? Like, they'll say, hey, I got this situation going on. This is where it's been tense. I feel stuck. Boom. And I'm, and so my first question is usually like, okay, so what would you like to see happen? Like, you go know to I mean? Because I don't know if people have zoomed out enough to know even what the end of this thing could be for them, you know? So right. helping see, hey, like, okay, where do you want to go? And for me as a coach, then I, I provide accountability, and strategy and mapping. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, like I help them, I help them get to what their goal or their intention is. You know what I mean? But I'm not specifically telling them what to do. That would be, that would be like consulting. So then there's a difference, right. Between Mm -hmm. counseling, coaching, consulting, right. And consulting is I've been through this. I can tell you exactly what to do to get to Mm -hmm. where I got. Right. Um, coaching is more, um, driving your own car and then they're driving their own car and I'm coming alongside, right. Mm-hmm. And helping them map out, Hey, where do you want to go? Getting clarity about certain things. And, um, and in what I'm doing with the whole friendship thing, people are really disoriented. Like mm-hmm. they just don't know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one girl, uh, sent a comment on a post yesterday and was like, we're kind of laughing at my response to a question, but she was like, but Hey, we just don't know what we don't know. Right. And That's I, and right. I, I'm like, you're absolutely right. So mm-hmm. So for me, that that's a little bit different, you know. Again, that's that's why I I thought that the coaching lane would be good for me, yeah. Um, because the way my brain is wired, I love stories, I love analogy, I love making complicated things very simple. I like pulling out kind of what the root issue is to things. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I that, that's that's awesome. where it, that's where it came from. So if people have specific questions, like about 
a situation. They saw a video online, it triggered something, and then they're like, I wish I could just talk to her about this because I feel like there's some nuances here or whatever. Like then you you for sure want to sign up for a coaching session. And I would love to come alongside you as a guide and, and really help you process through this thing that you just feel like, ah, I'm just stuck. I feel like I don't really have perspective about this. Awesome. Well, can you tell people where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's Heart Convos pretty much everywhere. So H-E-A-R-T. C-O-N-V-O-S. Um, if you type in heart combos, you can find me anyway on, on anywhere. On Instagram specifically, it's heart underscore combos. Um, I've got a YouTube channel that's, uh, I'm not, I haven't posted as much recently, but there's a ton of content there, like long form video. Um, if you want to really just sit and listen mm-hmm. <laughs> to a bunch of stuff, there's like interviews on there. Um, so yeah, on the YouTube channel, you can, you can do that and type in heart combos, uh, Instagram, heart combos, Facebook is heart combos. Um, if you want to just find all things related to heart combos, you can just go to heartconvos.com. And so, uh, yeah, there you'll find everything from merch to my Patreon page to, you know, videos and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I have some end podcast questions that we ask all of our guests. Okay. All right. So do you have a favorite meal or recipe that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I don't because I don't cook. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I am. You don't want my kid doesn't even like eating the things that I cook. Um, that's great. She's so gracious though. Like she puts it in her mouth. She makes a face and she, she (laughs) grins and bears it. Um, but (laughs) that's more than my kids. I love cooking and they hate everything I make. So (laughs) I've, I'm like, I'm so sorry, kid. Like I am the mom God gave you. I'm so sorry. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't, I don't cook. Um, but I do enjoy eating <laughs> good meals. And so do you have a favorite meal? Something maybe your, does your husband cook? Do you guys go out? Do you have a favorite place? No, we struggle. So if there's anyone listening who wants to donate <laughs> meals to our family, like, you know, people do meal trains. Right, with right. people. So I'm like, we would love a meal train. Um, just oh, because you're living your best life when you have a meal train. <laughs> you are, isn't it awesome? Oh my yes. gosh. Options for days. Yes. Um, yeah, so I lo- I'm a meat and potatoes kind of girl. So okay. I love a I love a good burger and fry or a good steak and, and potato, you know, kind of kind of thing. I just yeah, I'm a protein, you know, give me yeah. a piece of meat and a good veggie, and All I'm right. and so I'm I'm not super super fancy with with any of that stuff. I kind of eat to live. I don't really live to eat. <laughs> so my husband like- he's, a, he's a foodie. Okay, so he, you know, okay, eats the variety, but right, right. but not. Yeah. My husband's more like you. He's like, I don't know, put something on my plate and I'll eat it. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. What are you loving right now? Oh man. So I just finished a book called talking with strangers. Um, and so uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, Okay, he is an incredible uh, author is very talented in telling stories and giving you information and tying a seamless thread for how all of them are connected and so the 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 book itself was inspired by the death of Sandra Bland, but the goal of the book is really to just help people come to an understanding for maybe why some of the things are happening in the country that have been happening, not just um, with like racism or any of that stuff, but even political or like what it what it is about one another that we struggle to understand. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the book's called Talking with Strangers, okay. and um, and so. He, he just lists out these three things that I think are so mind blowing. And because I'm all about interpersonal connection and friendship mm-hmm. and people 
doing life with you. Like it, the book was just so attractive to me. Nice. And so he just explains, Hey, there's this default to truth thing that we do with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's fallacy in that. So we should work on that. Right. And he, and he'll explain like, Oh, at the largest level, like you see default to truth being horrible with like a, Jer- a Jerry Sandusky or like, you know, like all mm-hmm. these different right you know the Amanda Knox case like yeah like that kind of stuff right um but then he says so we need to work on the default to truth thing um he talks about transparency uh is another thing that we struggle with and and he explains it with the um he calls it the friends fallacy so the show the tv show friends is probably one of the only shows that you can watch on mute and know exactly what's happening um like because (laughs) when Ross is mad his fists are clenched eyebrows are for like he's Everything is so explicit in friends, like nothing is subtle. And so he explains that sometimes people like in America, like we've embraced that this is how this is how that works with people. Right. When somebody's upset, they will look bothered, irritated and upset. Right. When somebody's happy, they will have a big grin on their face. And you and I both know that's not the case. Yeah. (laughs) So. Right. um, I mean, I even teach my kid that, though, you know, you go through that with like my three year old, like all the books, like. His, which is good, right? Like that's a mad face teaching them emotion, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see how people get stuck. And while well, I didn't even know, they didn't seem like it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so because of that, we draw a lot of conclusions about people that we don't, we should not draw. You get what I mean? Just mm-hmm. based on, mm-hmm. based on what we see, but maybe we should also consider the context. Right. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's the, the second thing. And then the last thing, um, that he explains is this concept called coupling. Um, he was like, um, in this, I mean, it's a little bit of a heavier topic, but he explains like with suicide, like someone can, can want to commit suicide, but they have to have an opportunity. Mm. So it has to be coupled with an opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah. In therapy, he's like, it's, that's what they're looking for. Like you've not only expressed this, this tension inside of you. Right. But do you actually have an opportunity, a way to do this? Right. right? What's your plan? Right. Exactly. And so he explains that, um, that, uh, it's, it's easier to process through, um, situations if we're, if we're considering both, right. That mm-hmm. there's not only a desire to do something, but there's an opportunity, right. To do it. Um, and, and how, you know, again, going back to the Sandra Bland situation, he just feels like he sees all three of those things happening. And, um, and in that situation, we know that like she ended up committing suicide and in, in prison two days later after being pulled over by the particular police officer. But he explains like, man, this is like the worst case scenario when two strangers are talking to one another. Mm-hmm. And he just really breaks down in the book, like how they were missing one another in that interaction. Right. And and then how mm-hmm. it ended up being what it was. And so I just, I, I read that book. It's heavy. It's a lot, but I pull away such great like principles about like, man, like I do this in my everyday life about people I have no context for. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and even in, with my husband, right? right. You know, like, and I live with him, I do life with him on the most intimate level. So th- I'm loving that right now because I just, it just makes my heart glad understanding people why we are the way that we are. And so that book has been very, very life-giving. It's great. Okay. Do you have someone or something that you would like to illuminate or shine light on? Yeah. You know, um, my, I was thinking about this and and I really want to shine light on on my husband. I think he's, um, and I'm not that girl. Let me just say this for the record. (laughs) I, I actually struggle in this area. Um, we actually went to a marriage retreat recently and the, we, one of the things we said we want to work on this year is celebrating one another. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we don't, we're just both workhorses and like, Hey, you do your job. I do my job. And we just kind of keep it moving. Right. Um, 
And so when I was thinking about this, I was like, I really want to celebrate Mike. Um, he's on staff with an organization called Young Life. Um, and so Young Life um, just is really passionate about uh, introducing every kid everywhere to who Jesus is. And so he uh, is in high schools and building with guys just every day. He's been doing it for almost 18 years now, just oh, wow. in the, the context of the city. And yeah. so he's at Pike High School right now and that uh, here in Indianapolis and in, mm-hmm. uh He's been there for, uh, for almost four years, and it's been really cool to see like the growth, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that he likes to create something from nothing, which is very admirable and great when you read it in a book. But when you're actually living it, mm-hmm. it is the most stressful thing ever, right? Just mm-hmm. to continue to grow when you don't feel like you're seeing any like fruit or result, right, from what you've been doing. And um, this year has been one of the hardest years I think for him in ministry, but he's been like steadfast and been faithful and he's been seeing a lot of like growth like this last maybe two months like this this last two months it's just been like booming and um yeah so I'm very thankful for people like him um yeah. who who go into the the everyday places of life you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to, to talk to who some some might consider the end of the table right so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I just wanted to shine a light on young life and and you know what he's doing here in, in at Pike High School Nice. Okay. If you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? I believe that uh, friendships are the most influential relationships that we have and that we should do the work of uh, investing in our friendships well, because I honestly believe that if you're not a good friend, you won't be a good boyfriend and girlfriend. If you're not a good friend, you won't be a good spouse. If you're not a good, a good friend, you won't be a good coworker. Like our friendships are the breeding ground for how we how we thrive in every other relationship dynamic. So I would challenge, like knowing this, I would challenge those listening to invest in your friendships, love your friends, um, um, because those relationships really, really do have the ability to, to impact every other relationship dynamic that you have. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. Thank you, KB, for sharing your story and your heart for community and friendship with us. You sure are using your passions and gifts to illuminate the world around you. If you want to find KB, you can find her on all the social platforms at Heart Combos. For more details about the show, you can find our show notes in iTunes or at our website. You can follow the Illuminate Podcast on Instagram at the Illuminate Podcast. And we also have a Facebook page as well at the Illuminate podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and head over to wherever you listen to podcasts to give us a rating and review. Thanks so much for listening. And you can hear from us again next Wednesday here at the Illuminate podcast. Have a great day, friends.